Warning, the following episode of the podcast without a cool acronym contains massive, massive spoilers for DuckTales 2017. You've been warned. Don't you wish we could go on one last adventure? Last adventure, last adventure. This is it. As long as our family is adventuring together, nothing can stop us. Time for the final curtain calls. We are completely in over our heads. I know it's scary, but you are ready. <laughs> Don't miss a single of the 90-minute DuckTales finale next Monday at 7 on Disney SD. Everything has been leading up to this. What? Welcome, one and all, to a very special episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Deroshay, as per usual. So on the outro to the Muppet Babies episode, I said we were going to be talking about the pilot episode, but it was kind of a bit of a game of fifth dimensional chess to get the guests arranged for this particular episode. And due to the finale having come out, um i ended up just getting caught up on the whole series which is why we're recording this one we are um so instead of talking about the pilot episode immediately i think we're going to kind of talk more in general about the show as a whole here today um but i've got a great panel of guests today um some very good friends most of whom have been on the show before one of whom has not we've got scott sandler hello Digo. i'm on a panel now <laughs> Well, it was always a panel. Um, Mariah Sturgeon. Aloha. And joining us for the very first time here on the podcast without a cool acronym, Sydney Agnew. Hi there. I draw gales. Yes. <laughs> we're happy to um, have you. Thank you. So like I said, we're going to talk kind of more in general about the the series as a, as a whole. Um, so what is everyone here's connection to DuckTales, both the reboot and... The original series and also just duck lore in general i never read the comics as i mentioned i didn't really watch the original series but even from the announcement i was intrigued which was over six years ago now um i i was probably won over slightly quicker than i was with the 2012 tmnt series the, the cast reveal, uh, I was ready to po- put all my chips into. Um, that, that was for, for both series, really. But I watched the movie about 10 days after I got Disney Plus because I, I just wanted, I wanted to see um, the movie from the original so series. So ingrained in the being being so invested in the reboot, I wanted to see how well I could handle the um, anything of the original. And it was a good outing for the original series. And otherwise, I mean, I've, I, I had seen Donald, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Scrooge, and Daisy and other appearances, but they really shine here. Well, Daisy, not so much, but. And Clock Pack, I don't remember watching any much of. All right. Um, who wants to go next? My connection to how I got into the, the reboot? 
from most of it came from just being able to dive into the actual money pit and like having that be part of introducing me to like DuckTales. Um, but I think for me, it was the cast announcement because like, you know, you see Ben Schwartz and you're like, oh my God, it's John Rolfio from Parks and Rec. And then I saw David Tennant and I'm like, my Whovian friends are going to lose their, their shit over um, David Tennant voicing Scrooge McDuck, which I always thought like, you know, we never get to see him use his natural accent enough. So I was excited for that. Um, and I never saw Community, but <laughs> uh, Danny Pudi is, he's just, he's Huey now. So, uh, and he has become my favorite triplet since the, the show has gone on. Um, but other than that, it was mostly just the ducks have always been like the more interesting of the Disney family than the mice or even sometimes kind of Goofy and Max because um, I didn't grow up with any of this. I didn't grow up with Goof Troop. I didn't really grow up with a Goofy movie. I, I didn't grow up with DuckTales. But the ducks, Donald and Daisy, were always just kind of, they were always my favorites for that reason. Like one of the first words that I ever learned how to say was Daisy when I was like one. <laughs> That's how ingrained Aww. she is in, in my memory. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I read, I guess I, my mom tells me this story. She said that I was in a grocery store one day and I read the uh, the sour cream label, Daisy. But for me, I am I am a thousand percent sure the reason why I know that it was Daisy was because of Daisy Duck, who is my favorite out of the, the main cast of, of Mickey and Friends. So I, it, it was probably just like intrigue at first because I liked the ducks and then it was the cast announcement. And then I just started tuning in every week once that pilot aired. Growing up, um, we didn't have any TV channels to speak of. So I don't really remember watching a ton of stuff outside of the major networks, you know, like CBS or NBC, stuff you get out in the sticks. But we had an, a ridiculously extensive VHS and later DVD collection, which we still have to this day. The, the, the DVD part, I mean. But one of the VHS tapes was DuckTales, the movie. And, you know, you know, very good movie, very good little uh, introduction to DuckTales and one I still watch every now and then to feel kind of nostalgic. And um, at the end of the VHS tape, there was either one or two bonus episodes of DuckTales to watch after you'd finished the movie. And uh, that's pretty much how I remember the original DuckTales. So I wasn't all that, you know, up in arms about, you know, grr, reboot, mad when uh, the, the reboot was announced. And and so it was just, oh, they're making a new DuckTales. No, oh, that's cool. But the more and more I saw of uh, what was coming and who was involved, the voice cast, the talent behind, um, uh, behind everything, I was getting more and more optimistic. And then from the first episode on i was just like yeah i gotta watch this whenever i can because i still don't have tv i just have you know streaming services and the internet wonderful internet <laughs> but yeah i've been a pretty big ducktales fan ever since ever since the reboot it's definitely gotten me to consider more of the ducktail uh, of the duck um comics and uh, the whole universe attached to Donald Duck and everything. So if I told the whole story, we'd be here for at least a year. <laughs> but um, best as... order some takeout. <laughs> TLDR. 
Um, as a child, um, in Canada, DuckTales re-ran for a very long time. So I consumed a lot of it at a very young age. Um, so I remember the original series, like, I don't remember specific episodes or anything, but like, I remember what Goldie's design looked like before the new one without like much hesitation. Um, I remember the basic characters. I remember the sea monster took my ice cream. You know, like it, <laughs> it was all, it was yeah. all there. Um, as a teenager, I got really into um, kind of the older Disney shorts and then by extension really got into some of the extended characters like Gladstone and I was fascinated with Della as like an entity. I'm like, who is she? Where is she? Like, what do we know about her? And I dug up everything I could on the internet in 2011. Um, and then fast forward to, um, you know, 2017 when that premiered, for reasons I really don't want to get into um, the day Disney XD put the pilot up for free. I was in a very isolated situation where I didn't have a television and couldn't really like go a lot of places. Um, so I literally rewatched the pilot at least eight times that day because it was like, I want to watch this and I want to consume it. And then I thought I was gonna be like, oh, this is my new favorite show. I'm so into it. Um, but then when, a, oh, what's it called? The Great Dime Chase, is that the one? It's like the third or fourth episode in, the one where, um, with the dime. I read one of the writers or directors had mentioned that these episodes aired out of order and were kind of upset that they're not putting them in the right production order. So I said, I'm not gonna watch any of them until the end of season one so I can watch them in the production order. And then I didn't even watch season two <laughs> when it started. But um, Anyone who follows me on any amount of social media will recognize the name Lori. Um, Lori got Disney now. She binged all of them. And then she's like, I'm going to sit you down and we're going to binge the whole series. So up until about midway through season two, um, we watched the whole thing in one sitting. And from that point on, I was like watching every episode as they came out and like, you know, participating in the fandom at a bit of a distance up until last night. Um, and then, you know, last night I watched it and I'm like, all right, all you 12 year olds on Tumblr, let's talk about what just happened. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so my experience with the, the Disney Ducks um, extended universe, as you might call it, um, I had never seen DuckTales or really, there was like one um, comic that I'd read that was like a, a Donald Duck comic that we had in um, elementary school that I had just found at like the library and I'd read that but other than that no no real uh, exposure to the DuckTales side of things uh, even like um and, and it's kind of weird because it's like there's other um classic shows from like the 90s that I had watched like Animaniacs and there's also plenty of Disney um things that I watched including uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas which for whatever reason the house that they're in is ostensibly Scrooge's house or maybe Donald's house, but it, I mean, they say the piano is Scrooge's. So I'm like, is this his like winter home or what's going on? But then um, Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas very obviously uses um, the mansion as it was seen in DuckTales. And um, I had kind of known about DuckTales itself as a series through just kind of cultural osmosis, um, but I'd never really gotten around to watching any episodes of it. 
And then they announced that the reboot was happening. I'm like, okay, well, that could be interesting. And then it came out. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. <laughs> and unfortunately, I'm never able to get as caught up with, like, it, it takes me a lot of effort to really keep up with um, uh, a Disney animated show these days because I don't have cable. So it's hard for me to actually watch stuff when it airs. It's kind of like I have to either watch it on Disney now, which thankfully they have. Um, and, and even then, they've had it where my cast member stuff can, like my cast member credentials can get me Disney now for free so that I can use it without having to have a cable provider. But then there was a while for whatever reason that someone must have done something and deleted off of there because they didn't have it for a while. But thankfully they fixed that. So now I can watch anything, you know, like the day after it airs or the day it airs even, uh, which is good because I, and I, I had gotten caught up to a certain point with DuckTales and then I got completely off track again until, you know, this past weekend where I finally made an effort to, get through what what left of season two I had to watch and then finally all the way through season three and it is a fantastic show man what a what a what an amazing show and an amazing run this show has had mm -hmm. three seasons and I, I I can't say there's a bad episode among them it's all just really really good stuff um maybe the doofus one but well the first doofus's debut but even that was it's still entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Not, not every I, episode ultimately ends up being super cons consequential, but honestly, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, everything kind of comes back to PNX. This show is kind of the, we were kind of talking before, it's kind of the MCU of Disney, the Disney Afternoon Universe. Granted, they leave out a couple of shows, ultimately, especially near the finale, which, you know, kind of a good call, because really, who's going to give who's really going to care about, you know, schnookums and meat being left out? I don't even know mm -hmm. what that is. So obviously and it's not that important. Aladdin is kind of the most reasonable one too. Yeah. Any of the Renaissance mm -hmm. tie-ins. Oh yeah. No, none of the, uh, none of the, well, the, the only really other movie that gets referenced is kind of inherently referenced by including Tailspin, which of course is the jungle book kind of, but even that is still, sort of its own alternate universe kind of deal. Tailspin's so farly removed from the Jungle Book as is that right. I don't consider it really like, I, having Baloo exist in the DuckTales 2017 universe doesn't inherently mean to me that Baloo from the Jungle Book exists in this universe. Mm -hmm. Right, because yeah. that would also mean that, that Mowgli exists and that would open up a whole other can of worms because you'd also have humans in this world, which they're actually is one episode where we actually kind of see um, humans and they're referred to as like flesh monsters and that's the whole sitcom <laughs> episode. And that was brilliant. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Season three was really all bangers. Yeah, like, it really was. It really was. That's why I'm really glad I got caught up. And obviously I don't want to just talk about season three, but it is kind of the precious in my head because I did just go back and watch the, all of that over the last two days. To be fair, it's the freshest in most people's heads because, uh, you know, if you've been keeping up the way that most people have, it's it's been uh, uh, through Disney now, which only has season three. Disney Plus only has the first two seasons. Right. Which will change, I believe, April next 30th. month. They're going to get the third season, I think, next month is what they said. 
it'd be fun to do a whole mm. series binge and kind of see how it holds oh, up. Oh yeah, and this Wouldn't is going to be one of those shows that's really fun to go back and revisit start to finish just like Gravity Falls is. Mm-hmm. And it's not that much longer of a binge than Gravity Falls. It's only one more season and easily just as satisfying, I would say. So I actually Although it, it does have like 35 more episodes. Yeah, exactly. It's one more season, but it's still mm. not too hard to get through. I actually recently uh, re-binged all of season one and two twice, once leading up to season three about a year ago, and then once again on the hiatus during season three. And they they all still hold up, and as expected, they are all really great to kind of look back on knowing what you know now. And I cannot wait to do it now that like the finale is out and almost all the questions have been answered. Mm-hmm. Is it because yeah. there's still some strings? <laughs> I, I was I was planning to, to do a full a full rewatch um, when when season three hits Disney Plus just for the convenience. The until the finale, just random shuffle. You, mode. you can do at least one run in shuffle mode, but maybe b- before the finale. Because most the last is, five episodes of season a show three. you need to watch in order. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it it sort of has the um, sort of what I call Mandalorianitis, where there are filler episodes, but they're still not bad. Yeah. So you can still watch it in order, but have some of those filler episodes on the side, like Scott said, uh, closer to the to the finale of the marathon. I I feel like you could do it a little bit better, but at least one complete run through of the story, since it's such an arc driven show. Like, so I'm planning on covering this on the podcast going forward. I definitely want to go back and, and actually look at the the pilot episode as a whole thing where we like actually watch it fresh and take notes and everything. And then after that, I think I'll kind of handpick episodes to watch and it's not going to be every single one like I plan on doing with Gravity Falls just because, and even Gravity Falls, there might be a few I end up skipping. I'm not really sure about that. It's just kind of it's, what 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 is is required viewing versus what is stuff you can kind of leave out. Like, but I mean, there's so there's so much that they do where it all kind of comes together that it's like, how much of that can you even leave out? That's probably it's, it's kind of like when Della had her first adventure back. It's not really filler because she's getting back in the groove of things and. Right. Right. You know, all, all of those kind of episodes can still advance the character's arc or even just t- touch on that argument if they don't really advance it so much. Um, I don't know. So, it would be really fun to see like how they did the every MC, how Tony did the every MCU do uh, all cut the, in chronological order. All do the DuckTales in order. Not saying that Tony has to do it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> poor guy's working hard enough i love it when people are like hey tony you should do this thing that makes your job like 10 times harder he's like no i'm not going to do that thank you for that that though no i don't think i will i don't think i will yeah i don't think i will um so talking about the show in general um going back and doing a reboot anytime you do a reboot um you have to answer the question of, well, why are you doing a reboot? What are you bringing to the table that the classic show didn't? I think the, big, the, the main things that they improve about this over the original is just the way that the characters are written. They're so, so well done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think as much as it's iconic to have 
um, the triplets and Webby going off with Scrooge on adventures. What really were the triplets' personalities in the original? It kind of they're oh, kind simple. of the same character multiplied by three. Yeah, their their, their personality was triplets, oh. but there's but there's three of them. Yeah, there's they three all wear triplets. hats. That's they all the wear the matching shirt. No, they all wear the the shirts that are color coded. So and supposedly that's the only way anyone can tell them apart. I yeah, like their personalities how here, were red, green, and blue. Here they decided really interesting about the personalities is that I remember when they announced that the triplets were not going to be all voiced by uh, Tressa McNeil or Taylor um, and that they were going to be celebrity voices I knew immediately I was like oh so they're doing quack pack is what I said to my sister because quack pack was the first time they gave the triplets individual personalities and me being like a little Disney duck nerd at 18 years old, I thought that that's why Quack Pack wasn't good. It's not because it was poorly written. It was just, <laughs> Quack Pack's not good because the triplets work best as an ensemble that all kind of have the same ebb and flow. And no, the personalities they gave them and the actors they chose to portray those personalities were wow. perfect. So, so good. And the thing right. about celebrity voices is that it depends what your casting director's mindset is. Like, are they celebrities but good for the role? Right. Like, look at um, Avatar and the Legend of Korra. Pretty much, you have Jack DeSena as Sokka, Dante Basco as Zuko, Mako as Iroh, and then you have like PJ Byrne, DJ, uh, PJ Byrne, David Faustino, Mindy Sterling, J.K. Simmons, and yet they're amazing in the role, in the roles that they have. They might not be professional voice actors, but they did well. They did extremely well. J.K. Well. Simmons certainly has done a lot of voice work over the years. I mean, he just loves Oh, yeah, work. but he... So quick question before I make my next point, Chandler. How comfortable are you with, like, language? <laughs> oh, that's fine. You can say whatever. Okay. Go for it. So quick question for the rest of the panel to speak about celebrity voices. Who remembers in, like, early 2017 when they announced that David Tennant was going to be playing Scrooge McDuck and we all collectively lost our shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was oh, right before yes. the, oh, yeah. the D23. But uh, I was won over by the that. rest of the cast as well. And yeah, for the record, it was December 2016, but the, mm. the video that had them singing the theme song that revealed them as the cast was December 2016. So. Right. Yeah, David Tennant as as Scrooge was such a great casting choice. He was perfect. We only really had inklings, even at 2017 Comic-Con, they had the key art and stuff. But when they released that video of the the cast singing the original arrangement of the theme, that was the biggest drop up to that point. Yeah. I remember the new theme song had been revealed before uh, before D23 in 2017. And I actually got to jump into the Scrooge McDuck money pit we had oh, this lucky duck oh it was oh. awesome it was a great time it just took forever to get out and uh they gave us a i still use it too by the way it's a uh i'm actually going to turn my camera on for this because it's really cool it is a ducktales uh, pencil case that they oh, gave us awesome. for jumping into the pit that was our goodie and you could have it with either a washcloth or a donald duck zoom zoom so we all picked the zoom because of course like, who wouldn't of course um so that was a great time. And then I remember hearing the casting and just going like, you know what? I 
here, here's my my two cents i did not have cable until i was 10 so i do not know anything about the disney afternoon i never saw it but um you know i kind of knew what the tv shows were what the characters were so i decided like you know what i like the ducks donald is probably one of my favorite i'm gonna give this show a chance and and i, I from a new fan perspective it's uh it's a lot of fun uh i'm sure as an old fan you might get more out of it but like i think what i like about the new show um is that it not it not only just introduces kids who didn't grow up with it but but kids like me who didn't grow up with the old show and still have something to appreciate about it right so of course the the triplets personalities they kind of took different aspects of the triplets as an ensemble and kind of split them up and gave them to the specific triplets so you have you know Huey is all about the the wood the Juju Woodchucks um you got um, Dewey, who's, you know, daring and, and confident and ready for anything. And then Louie is kind of the laid back schemer of the group. Mm-hmm. And it works perfectly because they all have, and really they all get their own focus throughout uh, each of each season focuses on one triplets arc at a time. And I think that was a really um clever way to do that yeah that was something i was really happy with (laughs) i'm i was really happy with season one and dewey and i was really happy happy with season two and louie um huey deserved better yeah huey Huey, i mean the the whole woodchuck thing kind of came came full circle with that but i don't feel like he really changed a whole lot not that i think that's a bad thing I mean, he was right. already changed by everything else. So. Right. So it's kind of like, well, you know, we, we, we've got stuff for him to do, but there's so not really as, a whole lot he has to learn. As an active Tumblr user, one of the big things that we were speculating about when season three started was that, you know, we kind of learned in season one that Dewey is a lot like Della. And we learned that Louie is a lot like Scrooge. And so everyone was like, season three is going to be about Huey kind of really coming into those like temper moments that he's had and like learning how much like Donald he is. And there was this whole let Huey say mm. fuck movement that went around for a few weeks. <laughs> um, so even though I wasn't fully anticipating for them to go like that far with it, I was kind of like expecting that to be the road they took. And I don't know, Huey's my favorite of the three triplets. So I just feel like they could have done a little bit more with him in that final season, but I do like the growth we did get in the, uh, I think it was a sort of Swanson teen episode with him and Lena. Yeah. 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 Where, where he, where they go into his mind and yeah. he actually like unleash his inner Donald. Uh, that was there was, cool. a, there was a, a really fun analysis. I forgot who did this analysis. They, they've done like, all the they've, they've done a whole retrospective of pretty much the whole show but what i what i liked that he pointed out was that each of the triplets have some part of scrooge's personality like uh, huey has the clever planning um dewey is the adventurous one and then louie has his money sense which is why they're the only two who can actually dive into the money bin right um but like with Huey, Huey got a boyfriend this season. I'm just gonna say it. Huey got a boyfriend this season. We have to celebrate that. <laughs> a boyd friend? 
a boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> definitely real boy. Definitely real boy. Huey got a boyfriend. Launchpad <laughs> moved to St. Canard for a little bit with his boyfriend. Yeah. Like it, it was mm-hmm. a great, a great season for the gays. We got canon lesbian penumbra. So good. Dugtail said so, gay rights. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Did you all watch the original series before the reboot premiered? I have not seen the original series, and I know it's on Disney Plus. So I have I'm definitely I have, back to it. I've never I've seen, seen it. <laughs> I've seen. I, I was someone, someone who watched Disney, uh, Toon Disney, as a kid, but I, I don't know if it was it, um, it was slowly weaned off the schedule. But I didn't watch it then, and I and honestly, after this series, I'm a little worried about watching the the original series. Yeah, it's kind of like having Flim and Yawn and going back and eating a McDonald's hamburger. I feel like like it's just going to disappoint me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then it sounds like I'm I'm the designated old person in the group because... Ah, there we go. It sounds like I've seen the most of the original series out of two episodes. (laughs) I've seen more than two. I've seen seen the movie... (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, I don't want to count the Raiders of the Lost Ark um, episode of Nostalgia Critic, but I mm-hmm. um, I did watch one episode for it was the most recent uh, Escape from Walt Disney uh, hosted live tweet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm never awake when those happen, so <laughs> I, that's that's yeah, why when I. You. That's why I do my live tweets for the regular, um, the, the regular subjects at 9 p.m. my time. Right. Uh, let, let old Grandpa D. Gill tell time. you. Let old Grandpa D. Gill tell you about the time of VHS tapes one more time on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we oh. we remember VHS tapes. I mean, I still have a few, but. Oh, good. I, I primarily remember getting the VeggieTales episodes on VHS. That was like the main thing nice. that I had on VHS. And you will take my uncut Star Wars VHS tapes for my cold dead fingers. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, um, the other thing I still was have like, special edition ones. Uh, I'm from the generation of getting blank VHSs at the store and then recording what you were going to watch that night before DVRs were a thing. Yes, oh, I really yeah. that. Yeah, my mom wouldn't let me stay up to watch American Idol. That's how I watched it the next day. That's how we got, we have Aladdin and the King of Thieves on VHS. Nice. <laughs> so it, it includes old like 90s commercials and everything. It's pretty great. Yeah, Isn't that such a trip to watch those again and just like, holy crap, I was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one thing that I'm 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 really hoping they put like some of the, some of the shows they're still missing on Disney Plus like uh, Buzz Lightyear Star, Star Command for example yep. is one I want to watch. I, I with with and and give me the movie which is like the first I think three episodes stitched into a movie mm-hmm. with Patrick Warburton. I don't need Tim Allen. Give me Patrick Warburton the whole time. <laughs> this implies that this I know this is a tangent, but this implies that Patrick Warburton is the true voice of Buzz Lightyear and Tim Allen is like the discount toy voice. <laughs> well, no. Chris Evans <laughs> is the real voice. Um, yeah. Patrick Warburton is who they afforded for the cartoon. Yes. And then um Tim and Allen Tim is Allen. who the toy company afforded. <laughs> and and that 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 brings uh like that makes me happy. Just because Lightyear is going to be the new origin, 
doesn't mean that the Saturday morning cartoon based on the guy can't be the middle point. I would love it if they actually were able to kind of take some elements from the the Saturday morning show and use them in the the new movie. I know they kind of want to start fresh, but like there were some good things in there that they could borrow from. Yeah, they were there were great ideas uh, presented in Buzz Lightyear Star Command with the whole. Uh, you know, how I the planet. I was incredibly like- disappointed when when uh, Buzz's supporting cast wasn't toys at Sunny at Sunnyside. Mm. Yeah. Like at least because the only other the only merch we've ever seen from the show in the movies is Buzz Zerg and the aliens. Yeah, there's none of the other characters, which you know there would be in the in in the world where that franchise exists. And it, it's not even that girls that girls don't buy action figures. Obviously, that being a an executive mindset, right? Because yeah. Booster and XR are also missing. And those characters appear in the ride at um, Disneyland and Disney World, I do believe, at the very least, at, at Disney World. Uh, they, they don't hear but okay so they don't uh, yeah. hear they just have it's just done in the style of uh the tv show and they do show like star command as it looked in the show right right i think i think they actually do have like brief appearances in the ride over here the xr is definitely a static cutout at some point yes. in the florida version mm-hmm. um i don't know about any of the other characters I have a pin of XR. I do remember trading for it. <laughs> there was like oh, a Disney alphabet. Duck. Yeah, there was a Disney alphabet series, and like oh, so, so on a, bringing on a us back to the subject of <laughs> yeah, Ducktales, duck <laughs> and also keeping on on the line of theme parks. Um, so there is going to, of course, be the World Showcase Adventure in its third iteration as a Ducktales attraction, and honestly, Ooh. that is absolutely perfect. Like. I'm amazed they didn't do it a few years earlier. Um, It'll be a little weird that it might just be as it was in season two. Especially now that the show is over, it's going to feel dated. Yeah, I I don't think Kim Possible really made a whole lot of sense with the status quo of the show by the time it was in like season four anyway. Mm. I am just hashtag truly blessed because Kim Possible was my favorite show as a 10 year old. And so when they phased it out, they replaced it with my other favorite Disney show. Right. And they're phasing Phineas and Ferb out, they're replacing it with my other favorite Disney show. It's like everything's coming up, Mariah. We love to see it. Epcot (laughs) was made for me. It really is my park. Now, the thing is, I think Phineas and Ferb and Kim Possible and DuckTales should still have their own ride separate from the world showcase adventure because they all still are very deserving of a full-blown ride mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. who knows if any of that's ever going to come to pass i mean the thing honestly, is they're honestly all still the most very good franchises oh yeah well, until honestly, disney tries to run them into the ground with live action remakes oh god yeah, yeah. But, i mean the fact but the fact that they made a live action remake for disney channel shows that they still they, they still really like Kim Possible as a franchise and know that people like Kim Possible as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, if for no other reason than just that nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Um, but also Kim Possible still really holds up. It's a very good show. And I mean, Phineas and Ferb is still technically an active franchise. I mean, there's probably going to be a third movie for Disney Plus. So Fingers crossed. And, and yeah. Hamster and Gretel is going to take place in the same universe. So you know, all of these franchises, the 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 World Showcase Adventure has come and gone, but they're still at least sort of out there. Mm-hmm. 
honestly the most I'd ever expected if they decided to integrate DuckTales into the park was it, it honestly is just standing right there in front of you. Toontown, open up a money bin meet and greet with Scrooge McDuck and the triplets. Okay, I'm not sure if this question is going to make sense to anyone but Chandler. Why aren't the triplets at Dino Bash? I don't know. I have no idea. Do they not have Why like, isn't Bubba at Dino Bash? Because they have Launchpad and Scrooge and Donald at Dino Bash, but they don't have the triplets or Webby. Um, I know that they did Where actually have plushies of them at one point, but yeah. that's about it. I have it. all four of them. Um, I want them. I want them. I know that because uh, as much as I would love Webby to be there, I'm not sure if a Webby costume exists and i'm not sure if they would build one for that particular reason it does not they do they're not disneyland has triplets costumes there there are some in florida as well i believe but they're yeah there are because they they have them in like the old sing-along video style probably have a newer one but they're they're in the old style but so is the launch pad costume right exactly Scrooge is technically the same. They just gave him the new coat, which they debuted at um, Disney Channel Fan Fest in 2018, yeah. which I got to actually meet. I got to see Scrooge and Launchpad at that. And I oh, got cool. um, the cast to wave at my Porg. I had the dancing Porg at the time. And as I was doing <laughs> the cavalcade, I screamed my head off. And like the look on, uh, oh God, I can never pronounce her name. And I always feel terrible. Beakley's voice actor. Oh, I can't remember how to pronounce her name. First name is Tonks. Yeah. Tonks. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. And and she has like such an interesting last name, and I don't want to screw it up. But the look on her face was just a pure, absolute joy. And then I I think Bobby Moynihan saw it like right afterward and just started laughing. So she is (laughs) an absolute delight. And she was in the criminally underrated ABC sitcom The Neighbors since it was made in the 2010s maybe neighbors could have been the lost episode to wandavision to take place right before <laughs> that could have been their 2010s inspiration but back to ducktales yeah back to ducktales tangents um, on chandler's podcast hey like hey we do thing. have we do have aliens in this series as well we sure mm-hmm. do yes uh, the aliens that live on the moon when did you guys start realizing that DuckTales wasn't coming back for season four? Was it before the early December announcement? No. No, it was just definitely during the announcement. I, yeah. I thought that they were going to, you know, set up a, a whole bunch. The thing is, I kind of had a feeling once to see the um, back of season two of season three poster at Comic-Con 2019 was released. I mean, and when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. You know, you have three seasons. Each one has a central arc focusing on one of the triplets. So it it, it all kind of makes sense when you think about it that way. Not only that, but my reasoning has a um, Disney TVA precedent. Um, The the photo that um, the Pelikai family takes at the end of Leroy and Stitch, where all of the aliens are around and it's the whole family ah plus um at the end of uh titans together where um where robin is commanding all of all of the titans including the honorary ones that story series finale that it was yeah i mean you you could argue that um that moon invasion kind of had that energy too 
but this one they definitely were like okay this is where we're really going out is with this season and mm-hmm. i think it was a fitting ending i think i think it was exactly what it, I, I think it was exactly what they needed to do i think it i think it was pretty much a perfect ending yeah there really isn't much i would have asked for you know except for it, the only thing i could have asked for more like fan servicey moments but as a whole sure it, it tie- <laughs> i mean obviously you know you can never have enough fan service <laughs> like specific fan service uh um, mm-hmm. Uh, because we all have different tastes of what we want to see out of a, you know, a DuckTales finale, or you know, in WandaVision's case, uh, an MCU show. But I think the key with writing something that is uh, based on something where you want to have fan service there, there, or or if you're revisiting something, for example, with like the Star Wars prequels, I think the biggest problem that the Star Wars prequels have is they're like, oh, we want to just throw all of this fan service at the screen, and it's like, okay. But this still needs to make sense for people who haven't seen the other movies yet. The Star Wars prequels are good, actually. You guys are just mean. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, with my sister good, recently, and is a slog to get through. They they have they have problems, but they also have very good elements to them as well. Uh, I think they're uh, they're kind of a mess. That there's definitely things that could have fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I personally think they have more problems than highlights because it is a slog to still get through. Yeah, especially yeah. especially Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Our Attack rewatch before Rise sucks. of Skywalker was like was like we're only halfway through. Nope, nope. I actually, on my rewatch out. before um on my rewatch before the Rise of Skywalker came out, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I actually almost liked Phantom Menace like as like like Phantom Menace is not that bad. It really isn't. I've said it before and I can't remember if I said it on your podcast or when I was we were doing our Phineas and Ferb chat with Dave. Um, but the Phantom Menace is great if you're going to watch the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like if you're going in as a fan of Star Wars and having never seen the prequels before, you're going to be let down. But if yeah. you're going in, you're like, I'm going to watch Jar Jar Binks be a Sith Lord. I'm going to watch Jake Lloyd like, do the acting gig of his life being a whiny brat. Like, <laughs> If you're going in to have a good time watching The Phantom Menace, it's a great ride. And yeah. I, I am of the genuine opinion that Revenge of the Sith is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, I agree, is a, it's a little difficult to get through, but I still like it. And the memes are top tier. Oh yeah, especially. <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I love the prequel memes. Honestly, the memes have given new life to um, the the prequels. I think the because me- the memes are just great. <laughs> yeah, because all, all the all the medic the medic quotes then turn it into a uh, Rocky Horror kind of audience participation <laughs> thing. That, that's just making me think of Tim Curry as Frankenfurter playing Palpatine. <laughs> I don't know how to think of that, about that. It would still be great. You would. That would be. Great. That would be fabulous. Anyway, back to Ducktales. Back to Ducktales. Um, yeah, okay. I think I think the way that they did um, fan servicey stuff. This was kind of my point bringing up Star Wars is the fan service from like the the classic Disney afternoon stuff. I mean, they, obviously they did like you know, for example, there was the whole thing with um, Rescue Rangers, and there was the whole thing with. Um, um, there was a whole episode, hour-long special about Darkwing Duck, but you could come into that not Three episodes, seen. really. Well, there was the hour-long special, and then they also did another episode earlier on, setting all of that up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can still come into this not having seen any of the old shows, and it still works. Darkwing Duck is, is probably one of the is probably second to Gargoyles as far as what Disney Afternoon shows hold up. And the thing, the thing is, the way that they did Darkwing Duck, I think, was actually really clever because it's like, oh, it's it. This was an old show, mm-hmm. and and now it's sort of gonna be real. Have you guys you know? seen that Tumblr post where it's like the Ducktales 2017 version of uh, Darkwing is so batshit because it's like if Adam West crashed the set of a Batman movie and then Christian Bale defeated him and it was like, I guess I'm gonna be Batman for real now. <laughs> 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 to be That's fair, exactly. if anyone was going to turn into Batman, I would expect Christian Bale to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. It's the Batman movie we deserve, but not the one we need. Okay, so who had the better theme song takeover? Glomgold or Launchpad? Ooh. Um, I got to give it to Glomgold. That was yeah. just in my head went free. <laughs> that was just insane. Yes. And I loved it. <laughs> I've tweeted it a few times, but like. Glomgold isn't my favorite DuckTales character, but he's objectively the funniest DuckTales character. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 So, on the subject of the World Showcase Adventure. Oh, uh, let's, sorry. Let us not forget twerking on Scrooge's coffin. I, I figured it's part of a general discussion. Get them. That scene is going to live on in infamy. If, God forbid, it gets to a point where people forgot that they made a DuckTales reboot in, like, when people talk about DuckTales, they're talking about the 87 version, which I don't think will happen. No, but that this scene is... is going to live on as its own thing for years. People who have never seen DuckTales have already seen that scene. Yes. Because yeah. it's so comedy gold. It's yeah. not often C-Power. that a Disney TVA show licenses music from something else. So when they do, it has to be good. And that was like <laughs> one of the best. <laughs> See Powerpuff Girls, this is how you do a twerking joke and make it work. <laughs> and when, um, if, if anyone tries to bring up Ben 10, I will defend the reboot. I will defend it. Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen it. I've, I need to watch um, the original. But um the other the other ones that come to mind. Well, there there was the 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 use of nine to five in the credits for Gravity Falls, which wasn't necessarily necessary, but it, it was great. It was still like a fun, just a fun little credits gag. But I think the other one that really comes to mind is um, Lead on, Lead me, on me, the season Amphibia. one finale of Amphibia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just amazing. And of course, all the royalties that Perry charged every time that they had to do his theme song for Phineas and Ferb. They, that's where most of the budget went for Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. That was by, honestly, I think um, I think Glomgold needed the uh, um needed the makeover as much as the, the triplets did, and and Webby. Oh yeah. The thing I find really of, interesting of, about Glomgold's character in general is like on top of this really really character makeover that Scott mentioned, um, in the pilot he's set up to be like the big bad of the show, and even if he's not going to be the final villain, you expect him to be like the most reoccurring villain. And then from the pilot onwards, he's like an annoyance. Yeah. At best. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would say if there is a singular big bad, which I don't think there is, but um, Magica, I think, is the biggest threat for the most part. Mm-hmm. I will say spoilers. I'm not sure if you're going to mark spoilers on this. Or oh, not. I'm going to mark spoilers at the beginning. This is okay. spoiler free range. So, okay. The world of spoilers. 
Bradford is, I think, the best slow burn final villain because he's been there from the beginning and you can see the seeds being planted. Yeah. Well, I did not, season one especially, did not expect this man to be the right. main antagonist in yeah. the final season at I all. I think that worked out it so was well. Bradford all along. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. He was the Agatha all along. <laughs> well, what was you when he... everything? It was Bradford all, all along. along. It was. It was literally Sean from The Good Place. I was actually going to make a tweet about that, but didn't want to spoil it for people. It was going to be like DuckTales, A Good Place, and then like handshaking being like... That's another show I need to get caught up on. It's The Good Place. A a show (laughs) with a really great finale and has Mark Jacobs play a really, really great uh, villain. Slow burn villain. We got to love that. We got to love a good slow burn villain. Although if we want to stay on the du- on the uh, subject of tweets and um, finale spoilers, I had a particular tinfoil hatty moment that I actually talked to Chandler with uh, kind of briefly before I made the thread about it that I actually called Webby being related to April and June. May and June. Uh, being Ooh, to May actually. and June. The fact that she's April was was a great twist. <laughs> It was such a deep cut, and yes, um, that, and the whole reason that I uncovered it was because I was looking through Wikipedia because you know scholarly source and all that. But I was looking through about April, May, and June, and then I discovered that there was a Dutch um, translation of old Ducktales uh, of classic Ducktales, where since Webby so closely resembled April, May, and June, they gave her April's name in the broadcast ah. and, and that was me thinking oh crud they've mined dutch um translations and adaptations of ducktales before with adult della so yes. they're probably going to go there in the finale and, and I, I was called it. i was watch, i was watching shonicus's review of the finale today oh yeah love and it. It, he made a good point becoming April might give Webby a way out of being confined to DuckTales. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Potentially, except the spinoff would have to be, uh, at the end of the show, Donald and Daisy end up like surrogate adopting May and June since uh, April, May and June are Daisy's nieces. I, yeah, I will say I called it. Webby being April, but not as early. Um, it was no, really- it was definitely when the uh, when when the synopsis was released with the guest stars and everything. See, I didn't look at any of that. I waited for the promo because I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. So I waited for the promo. Okay, um, me too. And I didn't even do that. I, I didn't watch anything. When the first promo came out and there was those two little girls, I was like, the first thing I said was, that's April, May, and June. Where's the third one? And then there was the, the still of them standing with Webby. And I was like, oh, she's you know that meme one. of the lady and all of the math equations in front of her face? <laughs> <laughs> Webby is Scrooge's daughter. And May and June are clones of her. What does that make them relation-wise? Are they... Sisters? Si- they're sisters? Did we say that? They're sisters because the whole point of, of DuckTales and Webby's arc in particular, which the whole finale was mostly about, 
is uh, is found family, which is found so family. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's all about found family, and that and that's not just uh, it's not just the overarching plot of just the finale. It's it's for the whole show. It's this family that mm -hmm. they've been building the the whole series. Because family is the greatest adventure of all. Exactly. <laughs> actually, that might be. That actually might be why Huey's focus in the third season kind of fizzled out because it's not so much Huey's season as it is Huey and Webby's season. It kind of is. We did have we had inklings of Webby's arc starting from the beginning with her like feeling like she wasn't even though she lived in Scrooge's house she wasn't part of the family and then the triplets kind of become that bridge to her connection with Scrooge which just ends up getting mm -hmm. deeper and deeper until in the finale we find out oh Scrooge is actually like she comes from Scrooge so he's yeah he's her father and I'm using that in air quotes. I mean, it's kind of interesting how going back to back when this was going to be an episode just about the pilot. Um, so I do <laughs> kind of want to go back and talk about the pilot for a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting how um, when Huey, Dewey, Louie are dropped off at um, Scrooge's house under uh, and, and Beakley set that whole thing up with Donald. Uh, she's like, talk to your nephews, you know. Um, Scrooge is just like, oh, I'll just put them in a room with some marbles. And for some, for whatever reason, he's never like, oh, well, there's another child living here. Maybe they could, you know, hang out together. And and then after the the whole thing with the 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 garage and the the gold eating dragon, from that point on, the four of them are inseparable. <laughs> Or maybe not completely inseparable because they do sometimes go off on like separate adventures, but you know, they're the core group. Well, I mean, whenever you, you know, take a ride on the back of, you know, a giant gold eating dragon, you know, that tends to cement a lot of friendships. That's true. <laughs> and something that I do like was very early on, they explored that Webby was a part of this core friendship, but she still didn't feel as like part of the family in the episode where she meets Lena. Because she only met Lena because they were the the boys went off on a little adventure and she didn't fit in the boat. Mm -hmm. um, and so she she met Lena and they became friends and girlfriends. But that's that's another story. <laughs> um, but you know, it was because of that kind of like need for connection that all of these characters met. And I tweeted before the finale quite a few months ago that Webby is the center of Ducktales. I will not be taking any. Um, criticism at this time no you're absolutely and right <laughs> the the show really does really focus around found family and webby is the core of it because she's the one who really tries to connect everyone mm -hmm. which is why mm -hmm. i really love how with the finale it all really comes down to her it all it all comes back to her although probably my favorite scene in the finale is um kind of jumping off mariah's point where um webby is the center of the series but launchpad is completely the heart Oh, oh, for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I think you'd have to be heartless if you didn't get chills or even tears in the scene where they talk about like how he inspired so many people just by by being him. Yeah, it, it's kind of a thing where it's you know the power of friendship gets Launchpad back up on his feet, but you just really see the scope of everyone that he liked and, and everyone that he uh, was friends with. It really kind of 
holds new weight to that little throwaway line in the first episode where it's you know hi i'm launchpad i'm everyone's favorite hi nice to meet you everybody's friend yeah exactly he really and is he everybody's friend yes yes the resident himbo mm-hmm. which we all need in our lives <laughs> There was a post on Tumblr yesterday that was like Storkily's hyping up uh, Launchpad was Himbo Solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction. And thus, their most unique creation was born. And they called it, The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded Grooviverse out there, and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey, as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast. Available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to stop by and give it a listen, and remember, beware the groove! Hey everyone. So, obviously, this past year has been an absolute train wreck for everyone. For a while, my mom had been able to work from home, but she was laid off from her job at the end of October, and it's been really, really tough for her to find a job in her field. She was recently accepted into an MBA program so that she can actually get her master's degree and was expecting to be able to pay for the whole thing, but then the tax refund she was counting on was unexpectedly withheld, so she set up a GoFundMe to help pay for it. If you can help out, that would be absolutely amazing, and even if you can't donate, if you could just share it, that would be a huge help. Just search for Malia Desrochet on GoFundMe. Um... So the other thing I think that that they did really well that was, um, you know, different off the bat was setting up how, you know, um, the nephews haven't ever met Scrooge before. You know, the the triplets haven't ever met Scrooge before because of this whole falling out that had happened. And that's kind of the whole uh, mystery of the first season. It's like, well, what exactly went down? that caused this rift between these uh, these characters that we know normally are, you know, always having Christmas together and whatever. It's like, that's not the case in this world. And why is mm-hmm. that? They built in from the pilot that this was going to be a show with legitimate mysteries that weren't all going to be episodic and solved by the end. Right. There were mm-hmm. arcs and there were things to figure out. And I think it was really, really smart of them to do a character-driven mystery from the beginning involving the two characters the audience knew most about. Absolutely. I mean, it is DuckTales. They say in the theme song to solve a mystery. Yeah. And rewrite his And song. what I, um, what I like about one of the uh, reveals of the finale is it probably gives much more age to Manny than just being a regular statue. It actually feels like a treasure that he might yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's be I real. We would Manny. all want Keith. We, we would all want Keith David Horse as a as a treasure. When they started playing the gargoyles theme, and then I started, I heard Keith David. I was like, holy shit! Well, no, the voice, <laughs> the voice had already been. He he already had a few lines 
before that scene, obviously just within the episode. So I thought just having Keith David voice Manny was going to be like the whole extent of the nod. I was not expecting that whole full transformation with the music. That was amazing. Actually oh, kind of gory for DuckTales. Yeah. Yeah. Once they started rebuilding the head, I was kind of like, oh, oh, wow. It gave me, this is like the weirdest like, okay, comparison to make, but but it's it reminded me of the scene in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow where the headless Holy crap, I was just back. thinking that. Yeah. And then you see it just like rebuilding. Like I thought about that scene. <laughs> You want to do karate in the garage? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think I'm thinking of that one movie uh, with Snoop Dogg Bones, where it's like the kind of reconstructing of the ghost, where it's like, no, this is a flesh and blood ghost, and so you get to see kind of the the rebuilding of it. They kind of did, filmed that in reverse. They they did like a decomposition of like the the um, the mold or whatever they had built, and then just fast forward in reverse and it looked really really gross and really cool at the same time one of those kind of things but in animation you can do that kind of stuff a lot more quickly without the use of practical effects of Mm -hmm. course because it's animation i love it i also love how uh and this is kind of jumping around just because i've watched the whole third season in the whole episode that's at the castle uh of clan mcduck how there's the bit where uh oh what trying to remember it was it was louie that pretended to be like like injured no it was dewey it was dewey it was dewey and it was with the bottle of ketchup i'm like they've done that before in other shorts where it's like they've used literally a bottle of ketchup for for fake blood and it's always a glass bottle isn't that weird yeah i I just i i just realized something um to go back to the pilot when the pilot aired we didn't know what kind of Disney afternoon universe we'd be building. Jason Marsden was the voice of the GPS. My, my head canon is now that Max Goof got a job and he it, it's actually Max Goof as the GPS voice. I mean, we know that Goofy exists in this world, right? I mean, yeah, that's not- No, I, but we Max didn't think the pilot. He's in his little wallet. Yeah, Max we, we didn't We didn't have that in the pilot though. What's her name? Roxanne's in the in the pilot. No, it, it was. They watched that back after. Yeah. They, it's not actually her. No, because no. Roxanne is again. She's in a picture with Max and Goofy's little wallet wallet photo thing. And the and the design. And so at is that point, they enough. walked it back and said that wasn't Roxanne actually. Oh, okay. Well, you gotta retcon sometimes. <laughs> I will I say that this show definitely is definitely inspired by Roxanne, but yeah, also like. I feel like if they were going to make it Roxanne, they would have made it a little bit more obvious. It's kind of like the fish in SpongeBob. Surely there is another that looks like them. Yeah. But it's not them. Yeah. She could have a sister for all we know. <laughs> That's yeah. that, that could be it. And and now I'm thinking about how um when Donald was gonna drive them to, to Scrooge's and Willie was like, You're finally gonna sell us. <laughs> <laughs> And in in the finale, Scrooge actually spends money on Webby. Yes. Yeah, on Webby for her birthday party. 
that was actually her birthday it wasn't just like oh we're pretending to do this so that we can really infiltrate the headquarters yeah i think he got that too or she'd be in a much worse mood throughout the episode although i guess it's kind of a kind of a tradition that they've set in the show and i hope it carries on to the darkwing duck uh reboot show that they're doing for disney plus that all throughout the show drake still doesn't know that fenton is actually gizmo duck <laughs> that was well we don't even know if that gag. darkwing duck reboot is actually any sort of continuation because really of the different is. production can, company involved I, I hope it is but i don't know <laughs> They're remaining know. cautiously optimistic that there are at least ties to DuckTales in the Darkwing series. Um, if nothing else, keep Beck Bennett as the voice of Launchpad. Yes. Like, because mm-hmm. he, he just is Launchpad to me now. Yeah. It's like oh, how... yeah. I, I was already feeling that way when I started. Um, well, it was originally through one of the. Um, on one of the Western legal sites, but um, yeah, I was having trouble acclimating to McGovern Launchpad when I started watching Darkwing. Beck Bennett oh. and David Tennant are both just like so cemented in my head as the proper voices now. Yes. I was actually thinking about this earlier and I'm, I'm so excited to get to talk about it. I want David Tennant to become the new legacy voice of Scrooge. And I want him to voice Scrooge and everything because I want David Tennant to have to record stuff for the parks. Yeah. I want yeah. like a yeah. little stage show where it's Christmas time and it's David Tennant's voice saying bah humbug. <laughs> like, that would be great. That would be so great. And the speaking of Tennant. Is that, is that I, I um, there's something classically wonderful about Alan Young's voice that I there's a softness to it that. David yeah. Tennant doesn't have, but it works so well for the reboot. But then, if you watch Mickey's Christmas Carol, you can't picture anyone else but but Ellen Young playing. No, I I hundred percent agree. Um, but that's why I'm thinking again going forward, David Tennant as the new voice, because I do feel like his characterization is cemented as Scrooge to so many people now. It's like. I guess like I could see Paget Brewster if they ever brought Della back into anything, but I could also see them recasting Della. Like her, it's not as ingrained into the character as I guess to me how David Tennant and again, both him and Beck Bennett have been to the recreation of Scrooge and uh, Launchpad. There still is some also, controversy. Also, why, why not that. let Della um, build her roster of voice actresses or voice actors just like everyone else had like donald Do- goofy mini mickey why not let why not let her get the same treatment i mean have we really okay. seen della in anything else before this no I've, no i did it literally the first voice yeah she's been yeah. in some comics and um there's a couple of shorts where it's like there's i think there's one where there, there was a letter from della Huey, Dewey, and Louie brought to Donald to be like, mom says we're staying with you sort of thing. Oh, um, yeah. But because this was the other thing, I was trying to talk to this with somebody who is, um, I'm assuming probably at least a couple years younger than I am. And I don't want to be like younger fans don't get it because I'm an old lady. <laughs> you know, I, I was born in the 90s. <laughs> but 
as somebody who is super into like the Disney ducks and their lore in 2011, if you would have told me that, oh, they're going to reboot DuckTales and Della's going to be in it. Yeah. I was like, like, no, 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 no. The fact that Della even exists and like was given like this amazing character that meshes so well with both Donald and Scrooge. And like, I can see her being in other things going forward based on how they wrote her. I'm like, I'm so beyond thankful that we got that. Yes. Just my, my goodness. Any any time that we get to see Della and Donald together on yes. screen is just <laughs> so perfect. I love it so much. Honestly, how I kind of view how they did Della in this, it's what I call the Guardians of the Galaxy effect. It's where this character is such a blank slate that they have so much wiggle room to make the character however they want and iconify that character going forward. Just like what happened with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right. what happened with Baymax, it happened with Della Duck. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it had been a mystery for so long. It's like, who are Huey and, du- and Huey, Dewey, and Louis' parents? We don't know. We don't know who their dad is. We don't know who their dad is, but... Their dad is Donald. Like... <laughs> Well, it yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't well, matter who their biological father is. Donald right. is their father. Right. To, to quote another mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, character, he, he, he might have um, been your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yep. I had a. I, I made connect. The last two episodes for me each had a different a different connection to another show. For the Life and Crimes of Scrooge McDuck, I was sure it would end with. Um. Scrooge losing the case and the last adventure being the last one he can afford. <laughs> kind of like when 30 Rock had the lawsuit in, um, that got them canceled, but they had one more episode. Uh, and then with the finale, the Webby reveal really makes Scrooge McDuck the doctor. <laughs> because uh. Uh, in in series four of the of New Who the doctor found out that he was cloned and he had a daughter. Ah uh. her name was Jenny. <laughs> and and then there's the whole thing about what happened after that episode because um that's how David Tennant met his wife who is the daughter of the fi- the actor who played the fifth doctor wow wow small world yeah um so the doctor's wife is the doctor's daughter, and it's kind of the weirdest bit of incest in all the fiction. No, I think there's been weirder. Uh, Scott, I remember there was a uh, promo where there was for DuckTales where um, Louie was fiddling with a clock and it kept sending David Tennant back through time. Did you get a kick out of that one as a Doctor Who fan? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it makes you wonder why the heck Disney XD aired Doctor Who two years before Scrooge, before Tennant even became Scrooge. <laughs> they, they knew. They knew somehow. I, I had completely forgotten that Disney XD had run episodes of Doctor Who, and that's kind of wild to me, because, like, the... And apparently there, there's heavily some edited. hardcore stuff in the, the newer episodes. Not still, like, I'm pretty sure it's rated like TV 14 or something. But, but considering the Doctor wasn't a kisser until the Russell T. Davies era. Hmm. Hmm. Not a Whovian, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I've, I've, I think I've seen like a couple of episodes of Doctor Who, but like that's about it. Um... I will say though, I did watch um, Lego Movie Two again recently because I was on a on a whole um, Lego kick after having visited Legoland, um, and I love the bit where um, they reference like four different time travel movies in a row. <laughs> like, okay, we got the the DeLorean, we got Bill and Ted's phone booth, the TARDIS, and the hot tub time machine. <laughs> So I haven't crazy seen thing is that only two, half... but now I want to because they reference Bill and Ted. <laughs> yes, they reference mm-hmm. Bill and Ted. Um, and Lego Movie 2 is wonderful and very underrated. I always and wanted crazy to thing I, was, is that I only haven't half... seen Lego Batman just because I haven't gotten around to it, but I want to. It's not like I didn't watch it because I didn't think I'd like it. Right. Oh, Lego Batman, Batman is... is not necessarily required viewing to enjoy Lego Movie 2, but I still recommend it just because it's great. Mm-hmm. Especially Batman wanted to watch is it because the best of... DC movie made in the last ten years. It, it is really effectively is the gayest Batman movie. The Lego mm-hmm. Batman movie is also the appetizer to Space Jam: A New Legacy, mm-hmm. according yeah. to what we've heard. <laughs> um, the Lego Batman movie is also a great found family movie. Yes, it is. Yes, mm-hmm. bringing it all back full circle to Ducktales. <laughs> 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 got an eccentric billionaire learning how to love again oh and i i should probably say for the record my my alarm is ducktail is the uh 2017 ducktail theme nice nice love that my ringtone is a mashup of the old and new because i can't i can't figure out which theme song i like better they're both great. The they're, old they're one has, so of course, just the classic. Um, the classic trumpets. Yeah, and the classic Disney afternoon feel. But then the new one, I love the new one too. The new one's very energized. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of weird since my nostalgia for DuckTales is in the movie. I like the movie's version of the theme because it has that little bit of reverb to it. It's very hard to explain from a sound perspective, but it just like kind of sounds bigger. That's fair. And the singer of the theme is the mother of one of one of the kids who was on Stuck in the Middle. And he was also Diego in the opening scene of Dora and the Lost City of Gold or something in the live action Dora movie. Oh, cool. I still have not seen that. Neither have I. It might still be on Amazon. I'm not sure, but. Uh, It might not be on Amazon anymore because of the Paramount Plus thing. Oh, that's true. It'll probably be on Paramount Plus. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, ducks. (laughs) Anyway, ducks. Ducks. Yes, ducks from outer space. (laughs) Ducks from outer space. 
So we've all seen that Brendel Floss video, right? No. Ah, oh, it's a classic. It's the moon theme from DuckTales, but with his lyrics. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, fun. okay. The moon theme was in my top most played on Spotify this year, and it was in the top five. <laughs> Ice. Mm. I'm not a gamer either, so I've never played the game. <laughs> I actually have remastered, downloaded on my laptop that I'm talking to you guys from right now. I don't play very many video games. Yeah, I never played the video game. I just knew the moon theme from like years of being into like the duck lore. And mm. so like I picked it up and then when it got introduced on DuckTales, it was like Della's kind of musical theme. I was like, I know this. <laughs> so I Googled why I knew it. And I was like, oh, this slaps actually. Duck lore. So you, woo. So you also, picked it up from I, I just love playing. that. Uh, that Ludwig von, Dr von Drake was too busy to die. <laughs> <laughs> then I remember they had implied that he was dead in one of us, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of dark. And then it's like, oh no, he's alive. Yeah, when they, they implied that he was dead, I was kind of like, oh my god, Ludwig, he's what? gone. And remember, like Ludwig von Drake. Because he was so not part of the adventures, um, that was Bradford holding a grudge from for decades, really. Yeah. Decades. Like, the, the fact that Ludwig was part of the company at all means that was enough contribution to lock him up. Mm. Good for Bradford, making bold choices. Heron would be so proud. Hmm. True, she got really from reality, but she she's proud. Although, real talk, Black Heron was probably one of the best. I'm I'm pretty sure she was an original villain made for the new show, right? Not my area of expertise, so I would not know the answer. To yeah, that. I wouldn't know. Uh, Mariah is our resident duck lore expert. Do you know if Black Heron was made exclusively for the new show? Something is telling me she wasn't, but like I can't pinpoint what it was, so I literally Googled it. Mm -hmm. And it looks like she only existed in the show, so maybe I'm going crazy and I'm thinking of a different April Winchell character. Is there anything else we really want to discuss here? Um, I mean, I think it could be interesting if we went into, like, what was disappointing about, like, post-finale? I can't really think of anything, honestly. It's, it's, the only it's thing I could think of was just, like, there's no closure to the Poe to spell thing, but I don't yeah. know if there's anything that. Oh, for, for and anything. then also Negaduck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Negaduck. Yeah. Nothing happened Frank, with him. Frank said that there wasn't going to be follow-up on that. No, Darn. if they if they went in, they had said that if they went into a season four, it might have been something they wanted to explore. But when they knew that they were limited to season three, that they like kind of took a step back. That's kind of also why I'm hoping the new Darkwing series does tie in a little bit. Yeah, because that could yes, be please. a very good thing to tap into there. Yeah, we could actually well, see Taurus Bulba's final evolution into a full-on supervillain. Yeah, that's another one. Although, honestly, my dream for the Darkwing Duck revival is for them to take ideas and story arcs from the Boom Studios uh, comic book line and have them uh, sort of adapt those uh, different adventures into uh, possibly the new uh, DuckTales continuity and all that. And I'm just saying, one of the last story arcs was a big crossover with DuckTales and Darkwing Duck. Mm. <laughs> that would be really nice. You know, you know, I just kind of thought of with the whole Bulba thing with the the alternate dimension, all of that. Mm -hmm. You could totally do like a movie or a special that was like a whole 
Spider-Verse kind of thing with the different iterations of these characters throughout the years. Truth be told, mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting an endgame moment at the end when the uh, dimension thing that was wiping people from existence actually started bringing out different uh, variations of the DuckTales cast to help stop Bradford. I I actually... I I feel like there was an endgame moment in the finale. To me, Launchpad getting the Gizmoduck suit. Yeah. Was like Cap yeah. yeah. getting Mjolnir. Well, and the 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 all the different detention cells lighting up with different people who've met Launchpad over the years. I mean, like you know, we 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 believe in you. You inspired us. That was a very portals esque mm-hmm. kind of moment too. So yeah, kinda. I will say, going back to kind of disappointments with the series, um, there is one other thing, and this is like really minor and really petty. I feel like Glomgold was really underused in season three. Yeah, I'm not saying he needed to be a big part of the finale, but I felt like we didn't even really get an episode that like where he was like kind of the main obstacle they needed to overcome. I felt well, because like he wasn't like, in foul. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we just needed like one other episode to like properly say goodbye to Glomgold, but yeah, that's just I, me, it, I think. And, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting him in the finale at all. <laughs> he figured the, the court case was his finale. Yeah. yeah. I will say, going back to World Showcase Adventure, I think Longworld's definitely going to take over the UK. <laughs> which is going to be great. <laughs> I'll take him over Big Ben. So so they oh, need to put the World Showcase Adventure in Canada so bad. Yes. Like, I need it. <laughs> I cannot okay, so stress what, enough. What DuckTales villain would you have be in Canada? I mean, like, mm-hmm. do you want an actual, like, thought about answer? Or do you want me to say Magica because she's my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what would be your, your thought about answer for that? Um, I'd probably have to think a little bit harder about it. I could see, I could see something. I got something, saying Mark Beeks. As I say, I, so I could see something with Mark Beeks in Canada for sure. And then I could also see, depending on what part they're drawing from, um, I can't remember the character's name, but the one from Darkwing that like turned himself into a plant. Oh, Bushroot? Bushroot. Yes. I can see Bushroot tying into the Cant Pavilion really well as well, but I don't think they'd do that because that's not truly a DuckTales character, but- That was also can... one-off too. Yeah. But Which you notice that Bushroot is actually kind of silent during that episode, which is really weird because he does have a voice in Darkwing. Yeah. But it's because his original voice actor passed away. Oh, uh, that's sad. well. Also, I think he was supposed to be a zombie plant. So that too, which is kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend point out that. Wait a minute, he's supposed to talk because, like, you know, again, I've never seen any of these shows, so it was kind of a. So that was kind of a. Uh, you learn Easter eggs from people who have seen the show before or have seen the older iterations. If I had to nitpick just a little bit about DuckTales is that I kind of wanted a little bit more globetrotting. It, it, it sort of had the Legend of Korra problem where we're kind of stuck in the city a little too much. 
and it, it's you know it's ducktails you go around the world and all these wonderful locations and find treasure and i kind of thought a, a sort of background goal for uh ducktails was that by the end we would have had enough treasure that the money bin was actually full again so i think that was a slight missed opportunity and not, not to say that the stuff in the show was in uh, Duckburg was bad. It just felt very kind of slice of lifey, which is a little butts. Well, when you have your own fictional locations, it just makes it harder to actually travel the globe in enough time. Well, that's the other yeah. thing is half the time when they're doing like, or I would say most of the time when they're visiting a location, it's something that's like, okay, where would this actually exist? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the one with um, the the three Astro- Caballeros where it's very yeah. obviously South and America. Astro Boyd has uh, Tokyo. Tokyo, oh, yeah. 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 So it kind of is the, I wouldn't quite say Big Hero 6 because that's like jamming two different cities that are on opposite continents together. But it's kind of like mm-hmm. maybe more the cars kind of thing where it's like, okay, these are still very similar to what we have in um our world but they're obviously going to be different because it was humanoid anthropomorphic animals instead of although do we know geographically where duckburg is is it like an east coast or is it a west coast um in the comics it is in cali soda which is just generically i think kind of west coast so west coast okay I think they kind of hinted at that with the the fairgrounds that they have too. It's very like old pier type. Yeah, like a like yeah. a Belmont Park or a, yeah, or, or like Santa a Monica Santa pier. Cruz or Santa, Santa Monica. Cruz. Yeah. Santa Monica. Podcast without a cool acronym, where we ask the important questions about duck geography. Yes, of course, duck geography. Well, I mean, with the World Showcase Adventure, they're going to have to at least sort of be real locations i think for the most part it is still supposed to be like oh well this is they're in america and they're going to other countries so i think that still works is there i don't know if anybody would know this chandler might because i know you did your uh, video about the phineas and Ferb version is there a world showcase adventure in the america pavilion there is not okay there is there's not. not one in canada either yeah there's not one in canada there's not one in morocco um, there was one in Norway, but it got destroyed when they um, yeah. added Frozen. Yeah. I'm, I think with the Three Caballeros version of World Showcase Adventure, I'm most excited to see Mexico because obviously they'll have to expand the presence of the Three Caballeros yes. into yes. the rest I, of the pavilion. I, I will say this objectively, objectively, the Three Caballeros ride is the best ride in all of Walt Disney World. No, I won't. that is <laughs> yeah. the right answer. I will not take criticism on this. Unless the At least until break. Sydney, what's it like being the smartest person alive? Um, you know, you know, I try. Um, this and but this is probably because I come. I, I grew up at, at Disneyland, so my one and only time I've ever been to Disney World was when I worked there for six months for the college program. So I mean, there really is nothing like that at Disneyland. No, exactly. So it's like most of the time I can think of like we either have the same thing or Disneyland does it better 
So right. there are very few things where I actually go like, wow, this is actually something. That well, I'm definitely glad we have Grand Fiesta <laughs> on this coast because we don't have a Pirates of the Caribbean that goes past the restaurant. So we kind of needed that. You don't even mm. have a good Pirates of the Caribbean. No, no, we really don't. We really don't. <laughs> I know those are fighting words, but like, you know. I'm <laughs> no, they're not because it's true. Right. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, one of my biggest regrets from when I went to California was we skipped Pirates. Oh, oh pirates there is. So the thing experience. was, was I went with my sister. Neither of us had been before. And A, we went on a weekend because it was the only time I could get off. And B, oh dear. We accidentally went during gay days. Oh, so yeah. oh yeah, gay days packed. Is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were packed. So like we had we had our like our goals and like one of the things was we were Indiana Jones was one of the things we had hit yes. on our Disneyland day yeah. yes. and we wanted to do the haunted mansion holiday. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And mm. then like we had a couple of other things that were like we know that they're different. Uh, also, Roger Rabbit was one we wanted to do really badly. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. other things like we have in the Matterhorn. <laughs> Just listing all the things that we wanted to do. Yeah, um, but haunted mansion holiday was open during gay days. Oh, huh? well, gay days is in October. So. Okay, I'm like, I'm thinking gay days is in like. It's in like May no, in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Uh, it's it's different out here. It's in October. Okay, yeah. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, isn't gay days in like May? No, yeah, was, you figured they would have had gay days around June, you know, Pride Month and everything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's too obvious. <laughs> the gays um, have to they 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 decide to uh, come around whenever they feel like it. And people get mad, and that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I can tangent my favorite gay day story ever. Um, my absolute best friend up until the recent four lows um, worked seasonally um, in Frontierland attractions uh, for years. She was there five or six years. And the year I worked there, um, I slept over at her house the night before, and she was like, Oh my God, it's gay days. And I was like, oh, great. We're going to be lines for everything. She goes, no, it's the only day of the year Country Bears gets an extended queue. And I was like, what? And she's like, we got to go see the rope queue for Country Bears. We have to. I love that so much. That is so beautiful. That's like objectively one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so good. I would love to ride the Country Bears. I'm, I'm sad we didn't get to do it in, in Tokyo. That was like the one thing that we didn't do while we were there. Well, and Journey uh-huh. to the Center of the Earth, but that was closed. So, ah, uh, man, I want to yeah. do that. I want to go to Tokyo. I want to go. Wait, we also. I want to travel the world. I also didn't leave project. my province, but we are not allowed. <laughs> Imagine having your own plane and just being able to go wherever at a moment's notice. Must be nice. Uh... But yeah, it's <laughs> um, yeah, three caballeros going back to details will probably have a bigger presence because um, the one thing I do remember, I never did Phineas and Ferb World Showcase, but I remember going into the Mexico Pavilion and that was the only time I could ever see Perry the Platypus. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and, like he was the only, pav- that was the only pavilion where I ever, ever ended up seeing him. Like I couldn't find him anywhere else. The, I think my favorite one across the, all of the World Showcase Adventure was the one where he was ziplining zip in like Paris, in the France Pavilion. <laughs> oh my gosh. In the France Pavilion, they have him on a little zipline. And I bet you anything, that's going to be webby in the new version. Cute. Yeah, if they keep the zipline. Yeah, I could see it. That, 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 that I feel like will be webby. <laughs> 
Unless may, maybe it would be, maybe it would be Dewey. I don't know. Or maybe it would just be Scrooge. <laughs> Um, now, and now that now that DuckTales is over, uh, Disney XD is looking is actually pulling over 101 Dalmatian Street. Oh, okay, that's a show mm. I'll have to look at at some point. As well also, as guys... oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's also the Legend of the Three Caballeros show um, that's on Disney Plus. It that... only has one season, and it does end kind of disappointingly unfortunately because they never had a season two the animation's great but um, oh, no. it only aired in the philippines so why ah. would they why would they make a show like that and only air it in the philippines because that dumb. <laughs> because they wild. care more about animation well, than we do it's not that it's because disney wasn't sure how it was market over here so they tried it out in the philippines to see how it did there first. it's really kind of interesting because that means there were three Simultaneous Donald Duck iterations. <laughs> Mickey Short, Mickey Mouse, Three Caballeros, and Ducktales. Yeah, he can really do it all, huh? He can. He's yeah. very versatile. Yeah, uh, he's even range. sometimes played by Don Cheadle. <laughs> yes, uh, Thanos, Thanos Survivor. Thanos Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that announcement. That was I. I you know, after the David Tennant announcement, I think that was the big one that like that was amazing. I'm so glad that they did that. That was the other <laughs> thing I wish they brought back. I do wish they kind of like brought back a nod of Don Cheadle as Tom Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I am glad that we did get it in Pack Pack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That Donald's um, he he loved his voice so much uh, in in the season one finale that he just like it, it was part of his wish. <laughs> for quack pack i will say i'm definitely glad that i watched these shows with closed captions because otherwise i would never be able to understand what donald was saying and i think that's great so i actually remember when the pilot aired a lot of people said that if they were going to recast the nephews they should have recast donald because now you can't understand him and i was like what do you mean you guys can't understand donald i've been listening to donald for i think at the time 23 years i'm like it's it's donald yeah um yeah and as time went on, the same people who were saying they should have recast Donald from the beginning, he doesn't sound good, like blah, blah, blah. They were the same people who were like, I don't like Don Cheadle as Donald. It just doesn't sound right coming out of his body. And like, no, you what don't. Places, you people. Well, I think, I think with Don Cheadle, that was part of the joke is that it doesn't sound anything remotely like yeah. what Donald sounds like. Yeah, but, but that's also what makes it so perfect. It's exactly. Like, that's the whole, the that's the whole joke, and it's great. Wants his voice to and today it. of all days, exactly. uh, Adult wants, Swim announced that, um, the bird girl, that the Harvey Birdman spinel starring Bird Girl with Pied Brewster reprising is oh. premiering on April 4th. Oh, hi. So what I was going to ask earlier before we got um, on our Legends of the Three Caballeros little tangent, um, are you guys excited for the Duckburg Life podcast? I've heard about it. I do not listen to podcasts. So I normally don't either. I find it, um, unless it's like one that I'm in, like I'll watch, I'll listen to this one probably a bunch (laughs) while I'm like playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, I can't even do that because I hate playback of my own voice. I will not listen to this. I was there. I know how it went. (laughs) 
I'm really excited that it is most of the original cast to kind of, well, it is, I think the entire main cast has signed back on to reprise their roles. So it's like DuckTales, the series is over, but the adventures within the DuckTales 2017 universe are going to live on for at least seven episodes of this podcast. Yay. How fun. I think that's great. I, um, I've listened to, they have a Loud House podcast that I haven't listened to all of it, but the ones I've listened to, it's really, it's a really fun way to be able to continue and and expand upon a show because you don't have to do any animation for it it's it's quick and easy to produce and mm. i i'm i'm excited to see or hear rather hear the podcast i think it'll be fun yeah it kind of reminds me of like uh, radio dramas and whatnot sort of like yeah what, uh... it's i have this uh um it almost kind of bothers me that uh audio dramas didn't catch on in the US like until 20 years after it caught on in like Britain. Yeah. Because there were, because the Doctor Who audio dramas from Big Finish wouldn't be as niche. Yeah. And maybe if, if audio dramas had caught on here, maybe the Digimon audio dramas that were, that were made in Japan would have been worth dubbing. Yeah. Yeah. I still need to to um watch or I can't, well, not watch. I still need to listen to the audio drama that um Ben Lancaster made, the um the World of Tomorrow one. Hmm. That's all about um well at least the first season is about the first murder to happen in um what's called progress but it's ostensibly epcot like in in an alternate timeline where epcot got built as a city that could that could be interesting although one of my favorite audio dramas as of late was the one linkara did with the the uh a voice from the dark yes that was so good Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that that new podcast does look really fun, and I can't wait for you know finished episodes to be ready for me to listen to, for me to yeah. take breaks pr- from listening to the podcast without a cool acronym and Escape from Vault Disney, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Shameless self promotion. We yay. So um, I think I think that about wraps it up. Um, does anyone have anything they want to plug? I have. I, I think I'm now up to like three or four appearances on the Emperor's new podcast, um, which is which is pretty cool. I'm I'm on Twitter at the Nick Fan Club, where uh, usually every Friday night at 9 p.m. I I live tweet the uh, upcoming subject of the next Escape from Vault Disney. So and. Other than that, I'm mute. I haven't figured out uh, what else to plug. <laughs> uh, you can always find me on Twitter at dgill2295. Um, I know I keep saying it that uh, I know I keep talking about the uh, dump, finishing the Dumbo live tweet, and I really want to get back to it, but you know, college is still you know hell of a drug, so You're I'm still, still trying that. to. <laughs> 
and it's also because it's just that boring it's really hard to get through it but i will i promised i swear and um it, it got recorded for last episode but it didn't get into the last episode but um d gaming my occasional uh youtube series where i show off uh different plays i've gotten in overwatch that will be coming back this summer so be sure to check out my youtube channel d gill vids did and... i accidentally cut that if i did i apologize that happens good thing we're re-recording it for poster for posterity now Yay! <laughs> so i am found at theme park trash on twitter i am at plantasaurus on tiktok and I've mentioned a few times in this episode that I am on Tumblr and let's just say I'm easily found there. Mm -hmm. oh, I guess that, that leaves me. Um, so I am at the Derpy Hipster on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me for bad Disneyland takes and as the only person who cares about Disney Pixar's Onward and has created the mm -hmm. best nerdy jock boyfriend for one ian lightfoot yay so you can follow my arts there <laughs> and occasionally i will draw huey and boyd because i feel like I'll, I'll be doing more of that now that the series is over and you also make plushies sometimes i do i am actually right now i am crocheting a, a dumbo soom soom for my aunt's soon-to-be grandson oh a little Aww. rattle in him um and I literally learned how to crochet because quarantine has gotten to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I actually just released a video all about Six Flags Magic Mountain. My thoughts on the park and my critiques and what I would change. And if you like that video, I'm actually planning on doing a similar one all about my first trip to Legoland, Florida. So that's going to be coming out within the next couple weeks. In other news, uh, it's not really new news because I've been putting this at the end of my podcast for a while now. I'm actually planning on bringing back my flagship series, Theme Park Backlot, which has been on hiatus since April for obvious reasons. The next episode is going to be all about Walt Disney World Resort infrastructure, the resorts, and Disney Springs. Specifically, the changes that have happened since um, Dave made his videos about those things. So expect that within the next several months. I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be out. I just started working on it so you can also find this podcast on twitter at podcast acronym if you like this and want to hear more be sure to subscribe leave us a review and give us five stars that really helps us out in the algorithm you can find us on anchor and all the other usual places google play spotify apple podcasts and more and be sure to join us next week as we talk about big city greens <laughs>